0: My name is Chris Shreve, a.k.a. C. Shreve, the professor. Welcome to another episode of the Who Needs a Classroom podcast. Today's format will be a little different. We're going to hit a little story time. Uh, If you have young kids in the car with you, this will not be appropriate for them. If you have adolescents or college-age kids, uh, depending on your parenting style, this may be something you might want to share with them. Um, In the context of Oregon deciding to fully decriminalize uh, all drugs, and in the context of the internet, loving top fives, top tens, numbered lists, uh, I wanted to tell you a story kind of with a framework of the top five things you do not want to do on mushrooms. Uh, many years ago, I was, before I was a college professor, I was a college student. And like many students and many humans, I wanted to, I don't know, explore the higher plane, so to speak, or the psychedelic world or the spirit world, or my subconscious, or whatever way you want to frame it. Um, and college kids are not that abnormal for wanting to do this. Look back thousands of years, humans have been seeking higher levels of consciousness to somehow explore what it means to be human and what the you know meaning of life is and all these big questions. and so I was right in line with that trying to explore you know why my brain is made up the way it is um, i had, had two great experiences prior to my negative experience and they really were formative they kind of helped me to understand how my brain works understand a little bit more of kind of my subconscious and my experience kind of growing up but um the third time i did them um ate a whole eighth of mushrooms which i had done before but just like in college when your friends might or in high school when your friends decide to teach you how to drink and they just kind of pound beers or hit the beer bong or you know go too hard um same type of thing with the mushrooms you don't need to eat a whole eighth i learned that way later that you could micro dose or there's other ways to kind of you know to dabble as opposed to just jumping right into it so this time i jumped into it and i'll start with the number one thing you don't want to do on mushrooms uh, and that is jump through a window Uh, that is kind of a cliche thing he jumped out a window, um, but I actually experienced this uh, after having an amazing, like, four-hour trip um, that was in, like, a snowstorm in the middle of the night in, like, streetlights, and we kind of timed it with the snowstorm. and had an amazing, you know, giggle fest and going outside having visuals the whole nine, and then we were going to kind of finish up by watching Fantasia 2000 and listening to fish, and for some reason, we couldn't get it started, couldn't get it synced, and somehow I fell asleep. I dozed off in like the recliner, I don't think I fell asleep for very long, but when I woke up, I was not in the same place. (laughs) I was kind of in a nightmare world. My mind was like incorporating this movie I'd watched recently, which I think was Rules of Attraction, which has like a time-lapse scene, and my brain during that doze off kind of time-lapsed. I remember kind of replaying the previous couple hours and like, oh wow, that was awesome. And when I woke up, I was very disoriented, and I was kind of in this movie, but like my version of it, and I was not in a safe place. Somehow I had concocted this personal scenario that I was supposed to leave for the bowl game that morning. This is back when I was playing football. And I was supposed to leave for the bowl game, which wasn't for another two weeks. But somehow my brain concocted the scenario that I had partied all night and was late and was going to miss the bowl game flight and had to get to the bus. And I, I had this like panicky feeling. And my roommates couldn't figure out what was going on. They could tell I was very um Just high anxiety levels and I was kind of running around and trying to figure out looking for my keys and packing a bag and they couldn't figure it out. I think if they had talked to me more and asked me what I was doing, I could have maybe figured out that I was not on the right date in my mind. But they couldn't figure it out what was going on. These guys were on mushrooms, too. So they're watching me kind of spiral. And at some point they realize I shouldn't go outside. They're kind of like we need to keep him in here. So one roommate kind of kind of sits by the front door and he kind of blocked the door. And that was like the first little bit, it felt like aggression. It felt like somebody was containing me. Somebody wasn't gonna let me go. And then I kind of went back to my room and I was getting panicky and another roommate kind of like could tell I was getting panicky. And he kind of tried to, I think have a, you know, kind of a, I don't know, like grab me and kind of look at me and say, hey, you're okay. That type of thing. And instead when he grabbed me and said, Chris, you're okay. Like I felt like he was grabbing me and it really panicked me. And I think almost right away, I, I fled. I thought I was in danger. In my like nightmare scenario, I owed them money and I was I was in trouble. I was in danger. Um, that, that scene had happened in the movie and I kind of played this out in my head or in my own mental scenario. And so I literally fled and jumped out my bedroom window. Now, that being said, usually when people say jumped out a window, they think like, you know, skyscraper window or it's like a suicide thing. Now I was on the first floor, so me jumping out the window is literally going up to land, I wasn't trying to hurt myself, I was literally trying to save myself, I thought I was in danger, which was crazy, because I wasn't, but drugs, right, so I jump out the window, like up, it's like a, it's like a jump up, I literally go right through double pane glass windows and blinds and everything, and I'm outside, and that was like a shock, because it was snow, still, and when you go through a window, you cut yourself up, I slice my lip and my head, I think my arm too, and the big one was the lip, I cut my lip as I went through, and... So I kept getting blood in my mouth and I would spit, (laughs) I'm like, get that blood out of there. And the blood would hit the snow. And so I'm on mushrooms, right? So it's snow and blood, like the mind state of like what this was doing in me was insane. So I'm outside trying to find my car somehow because I'm in my scenario. I'm late to be somewhere. So I can't find my car. All the cars are covered in snow. And so I decided to go back to my apartment. Well, the front door's locked because remember they were trying to keep me in. So I can't get in my apartment. And so then I decided to go back in the window. So I ran back around, went and just jumped in my window and ended up, I think at this point, my roommates are kind of like, holy, sh- what do we do? And they're kind of just leaving me be as I, I think I went in and out of the window a time or two while I was trying to get my keys and get, I was trying to go somewhere. So anyways, while this is happening, obviously seen, I'm like kind of not really paying attention to the world, but this is like 9.30 in the morning. Kids are getting ready to go to school. I mean, kids are literally dusting off their cars to go to class and... So I've kind of made a scene here, right? I'm like madman running around, just came out a window, literally spitting blood in the snow. I saw a couple people I recognized. They're like, what's wrong, what's wrong? I couldn't explain it to them. I'm like incoherent. Anyways, a big scene starts to form, right? So somebody called 911. Somebody called, so the cops start to show up. Um, I don't really see how this develops. I don't really see kind of people forming around me. I didn't really, I'm kind of, I think I'm in my own little world and people realized I was kind of, They would almost call it like a psychotic state. And so they, before I know it, I'm surrounded. So this is my number two thing you don't want to do on mushrooms. And it's be surrounded by police officers and taken down. Um, As students kind of like, what is going on? Is this guy okay? Um, Gradually, you know, people come and they kind of form this perimeter and they slowly brought it in. They knew that I wasn't necessarily violent, but I also was kind of incoherent. So they kind of just created a perimeter and then slowly collapsed it on me. And then when they got to within like five feet, they just kind of rushed me and took me down, um, which I don't remember taking very well. I think I struggled a good bit and was kind of just didn't want to get manhandled. And I think I got manhandled because there was a lot of them. So that's number two. You don't really want to be surrounded by police officers and taken down. That's kind of, you'd think some of this would be a buzzkill and wake me up, but I am incoherent. So this further trips me out, so the police takedown uh, was no good. Uh, they put me in an ambulance, right? So they strapped me to a gurney. They put me in leathers and everything. I'm like strapped to the gurney. Um, and they put me in the ambulance, and I go with that number three. The ambulance ride to the hospital or, and the entrance into the hospital would be my number three thing you do not want to do on mushrooms. So the ambulance ride was extremely, extremely trippy. Um, they're very quiet in there. I go from this loud space, and kind of ruckus to like a quiet ambulance and all of a sudden all i hear is whispers right because they don't want to talk about you loud you're right there but they're somebody outside i guess when my roommate said somebody had come out that i was on mushrooms so i'm like riding on the road and i guess somebody radioed them to tell them what i was on and all i remember was like these whispers going around the ambulance like, he's on shrooms 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 shrooms, shrooms. and it, it just wigged me out further and i remember being like this isn't even possible How is it happening? And a couple months before that I had been, I'd gotten injured playing football uh, at Virginia Tech during a game, they ambulanced me off. I literally had been in an ambulance like a month or two before this. So my brain kind of went, oh, this is a dream. You're flashing back. You remember what an ambulance looks like. You remember this exact experience. You've been, this is just a dream. And that was when my brain started to do this wouldn't grapple grapple with reality thing. I was like, there's no way you went through a window. There's no way that had just happened. This is a dream is kind of what my brain was doing. So the whole ambulance ride, which is like a 10-minute ride to the hospital or something like that, I'm trying to grapple with what's going on, right? Um, somewhere in here, I don't know if it's the ride or when I get out of that, when we get to the hospital, somewhere on the way, they never treated the, like my lip that was split pretty bad. So I'm like bleeding it in my mouth the whole time. And I guess some point in there, I say something, and when I talk, it spits blood, right? Because I got blood all over my mouth. And so I, they claimed I was spitting blood at them which then equals, I think they like further secured me to the, I think I was already strapped down, but then they like, I think, put a mask over me. Um, it was bananas, the ambulance ride and the arrival at the hospital and kind of them bringing you in. So I get there, and I guess when they, they further, like they kind of start freaking me out when I get there. I don't remember all of it in detail, but they, you know, they mask me up They're, I'm like fully leathered down to this gurney. And I guess they don't—they don't know how I'm gonna communicate with them and tell them about my injuries. So I guess when they saw the blow was spitting, they realized I probably had some injuries that they don't—they're not aware of. So they decide to assess me for injuries, right? So they literally cut all my clothes off. They—they they find I have like a cut on my leg, a cut on my head, a cut on my—I have some. I, I'm not that cut up. I just have some like knife cuts. There, not, nothing's that bad. I'm not bleeding profusely anywhere. But I've got some cuts, and. So literally, I had my clothes cut off, and somewhere in there, they decide, let's give them a catheter. I don't know why that was part of their regimen, but having your clothes cut off and having a catheter shoved in your penis felt like alien abduction. I would throw that in my number four, like you don't want to have a catheter put in on mushrooms. Um, oh, I remember just like, yeah, I, re- I remember distinctly when the catheter went in, it felt like... It's like Neo having the thing in the back of his head in the Matrix. It was like, I remember feeling like I went to another dimension. The pain, the like, the overwhelming sense in my brain. I kind of almost broke from reality at that point. I think I was already clearly broken from reality. But at that point, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, there's no way that I've been <laughs> abducted by space aliens, which is what it felt like. Or um, there's no way that I just did all these things because my brain was trying to process it and say, what in the world just happened? So then... I guess I'm, you know, semi-naked with a catheter. I think they covered me up, you know, in like a gown or something. And then they decide, they really need to assess me. You know, did he hurt, did he, does he have, you know, internal wounds? Does he? Ha- I, don't, I don't think they knew what to think, so they were just going to assess. So they decided to give me an MRI. Um, if you had an MRI, you kind of go, especially an upper body MRI, you like go into almost a casket type, like it's a tube, and it's very, very small. And... I had been in one of those before a couple times. So the funny thing is I'm still doing this. This can't be real, this can't be real, because I've been in an MRI numerous times. I don't know how many I've had in life, but from concussions, from shoulder injuries, from various things, I've had MRIs a lot of times. And so my brain was like, nope, they're not gonna get me with this. I had an MRI a couple months ago. I know this, my brain is just doing and replaying this dream, this is a nightmare. So I kind of kept doing that. Um, So my fifth thing you do not wanna have happen or experience on mushrooms is an MRI. Um, now I kind of asterisked that one because that one actually brought me to um, my MRI took like 30 or 45 minutes. It, I think whatever that took. So somewhere in there, I kind of come out of it. Um, if you've been in an MRI, it's a lot of clicks and loud sounds. And it's like, you're kind of in this you know, hollow, like tube echo chamber. So the trippiness level in that MRI was insane. Um, and somewhere in there going through all that process, I kind of come out of it. I realized this is real, and this is not a dream. I'm not about to wake up. I'm about to come out of an MRI, and holy crap, what has happened in the last few hours? So, you know, fast forward that 45-minute MRI with, you know, clicks and color hallucinations galore, and then they slide me out, and I look over to the side, the other side of the glass is police officers, because they've been waiting to talk to me. And there was a I think a rotating physician, and it was that just happened to be her night, and she was who kind of greeted me when I came out of the MRI. And I don't know if she had a point of reference for for dealing with somebody who's come off of you know a substance type episode, but she she was the one that got me back to the ground. She kind of spent the next like two hours talking with me. But when I came out of that MRI, I kind of the first thing I said to her was that I hurt anybody cause I didn't know what happened. And I kept remembering all this blood in the snow. And some part of my brain was like, did I get in a car accident? Did I, what happened? Um, there were some like recent experiences that were popping in and out of my head, like what has happened? What's going on? And she said, no, you didn't hurt anybody. You just, you know, we just want to make sure you're okay. And, and we're trying to make sure you're not hurt. And so she was real reassuring kind of but I was in this totally different calm state. She realized it might be helpful to take my mask off um, because I was terrified. Like I was strapped down with a mask on and just helpless, it felt like. So she takes my mask off and we're able to start kind of talking and being humans together. And the police officer comes in, or one of them, and he he was actually pretty cool. Basically, they had termed my episode, you know, kind of like a 5150 or a psychotic episode. So because they termed it that, I didn't have to deal with the press. If, if anybody caught wind of it, if, you know, they, there were people that called the hospital and, and asked. And because of the classification of my episode, you, they, they would say, we'll check. And then they'd come ask me, and I'd say, nope, don't tell them I'm here. And so somehow this flew under the radar. This was literally before my senior bowl game, which I came back to start and score a touchdown in. But, so if the press would have found out about that, I don't think I'd have even got to play in that bowl game. But the way it worked out, i didn't have any charges pressed the 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 police knew i'd basically just harmed myself no one got hurt nobody was in any way hurt i'd hurt a window and i'd cut myself up but so he basically said you know you're not you haven't been charged with anything he kind of had a a man-to-man type talk with me which was actually kind of cool and then they took me back to kind of the recovery area or wherever in the you know emergency facility and kind of gradually came to. I really had had a hard time coming back down to the ground and thank goodness, I don't know her name, but the, the physician who, who was there to talk with me, she really steadily kind of engaged me in a way that was really um, comforting and allowed me to kind of come back to. I had kind of gone through this experience and shelled myself up. I wasn't, I didn't know who was, who was who and she really kind of helped bring me back. So um, I don't want to tell this story to celebrate it and to be like, hey, this is this is the coolest thing ever. I really kind of just want to tell the story because some folks go into using mushrooms and think it's just going to be all good. Um, I've used them plenty of times and it can be all good. The le- main lesson I learned from this was there's no need to superdose, right? Eating and ate the mushrooms is not, necessary. You can have a cap or two or a cap and a stem and have a little micro dose and, and kind of feel some of that, but you're probably not gonna smash through your boundaries and, and you know fully trip balls so to, so to speak. So again, I'm not necessarily saying this to celebrate and and make light of of issues because it was a terrifying ordeal. <laughs> I could have um, hurt myself way worse throughout, but somehow I didn't. And so um, just want to share that with you. It was it was an experience that uh, was formative to me. Um, for a while, I said I will not touch anything um, that expands my mind in those ways. But um, I ended up meeting a friend later down the road who was, who was kind of a neighbor, and we and we kind of he kind of helped me to dabble my way back into things. And and I have I have learned to explore um, you know the spirit world or you know, the subconscious or those those higher levels in in more safe ways. I got to thinking about this because I was checking out Aesop Rocks. Uh, it's like Spirit World Guide Handbook, something like that. And I was just realizing, wow, I have traveled to the spirit world and, and learned some lessons from it. And and so want to share this wow story with you because that's one I've had folks ask me to tell before. So um, when you're considering doing something, you know, make sure you have a safe space. Make sure your mental set is kind of going the right way. Um, and be careful. Traveling to spirit worlds, other dimensions, um, places where your mind may enjoy, can be hard to get back from. Sometimes that, that landing pass or that landing gear don't want to come down, and, and you end up just kind of struggling to, to find, find your way. So uh, be cautious, explorers out there, it can get rough, um, but you know, hey, it happens. I just want to share it with you because it's real, it's life, and I think that's important is to represent your experiences from their full point of view. So you college kids, you high school kids, you folks in Oregon who are, you know, thinking about trying all kinds of things, just just be safe. Have you a squad with you that can keep you safe. Uh, if I look back on this, I wish my roommates somehow had been more experienced and could have snapped me out of it, but they had done mushrooms less than me. So it was, we were rook, not rookies, but close to rookies, just trying to, trying to make it happen. It didn't, didn't go that well. Um, luckily I'm safe. I got, I had some stitches in my head, stitches on my shoulder, just some, you know, little bumps and bruises type wounds and, and didn't really have a major consequence of it. I think when I talked to the football folks, we kind of, uh, cause rumor got out and I kind of told them I had a panic attack, which I kind of did have a panic attack. It's just, you know, substance related, but, um, luckily no harm, no foul. I came back and started a bowl game, scored a touchdown. Um, It was a crazy December for me that year. But uh, thank y'all for listening. Again, I'm not trying to necessarily celebrate this. I'm trying to uh, just tell my story and hopefully y'all can learn from it as you see fit. Uh, Thank y'all. Hope you have a wonderful day. Who needs a classroom? You do. I do. We all do. Peace y'all.